Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good morning, afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford, First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. Luke off for the next couple of weeks. Kelly and I will be holding down the fort, and uh, we hope that you can tune in each and every day. Got a great show lined up for you today. Jack Duggan's going to join us a little later in the program, Sports Information Director for Southern Miss, as will the play-by-play voice for the University of New Orleans, Southern Miss baseball opponent uh, scheduled to come into the Pete tomorrow night. We'll be talking to Emmanuel Pepis about the UNO's start to the season as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and a great place for you to enjoy dinner, lunch or lunch seven days a week. If you've got a special event coming up, maybe you want to tailgate an upcoming baseball game, well, Dickie's Barbecue would be the place to go. They make it easy. They've got a great catering menu. You can order what you like. They'll deliver it to you, even set it up if you'd like for them to. Uh, Dickie's Barbecue. Uh, they'll just let you sit back, relax, and uh, they'll do all the cooking. All right. Well, baseball season now officially underway. The Golden Eagles sweep Murray State this weekend. 6-0, 3-2, and 8-7. Great crowds all weekend long. A real test for the artificial turf uh, that was put down prior to the game. Lots to talk about, so we're happy to say that we're back in the swing of baseball. And on Monday, we're joined by head baseball coach Scott Berry. Coach, congratulations on a great opening weekend. Oh, thank you, Bob. We're uh, pleased and and, uh, feel good about being 3-0. All right, now before we get into baseball, Coach, i got to ask you this question. Had... Had that old turf, that old grass field been down there, you probably wouldn't have been playing baseball yesterday, would you? No, we would have double-headed on, on Saturday, I'm sure. You know, I thought about that after we finished on Saturday. I said, oh, Lord, I'm glad I get to go home. I don't have to stay around for another nine innings like we've had in the past. But, uh, no, you know, we it would have been a real challenge even on Friday, honestly, just because I feel like it probably would have been really, really sloppy. So the investment that we made in the synthetic grass certainly paid off this weekend. Right, And, Coach, I didn't see yesterday, I didn't see, maybe I missed it, but I didn't see anybody losing their their footing because of the water. I didn't see any ill effects at all. And, and it was actually raining during parts of the game yesterday. You're right. You know, the only thing uh, that I saw that the weather really affected, and it would have done the same thing on natural grass, was just the grip on the ball. You know, the ball was going to get wet when it hit the ground, whether it was on synthetic or natural. But I didn't see anybody lose footing at all. So that's what I was pleased with and uh, being able to play on those days when, when it is wet. No question. All right, Coach, let's get to let's get to baseball. Friday night, uh, you win the game 6 to nothing. Great atmosphere, of course. Uh, opening day, always a, a very special time. And Gabe Shepard, a kid that uh, made a lot of noise at the end of last year, comes out through seven and a third scoreless innings. You had to be really happy with his uh, 2020 debut. 
Well, it really was. You know, of course, that's what we need out of Friday night guys. Everybody does. But Gabe finished the year last year and uh, really felt it with, with a stellar fashion. And we felt like certainly that was momentum going into this year. And we saw that on Friday night when he took the mound. And as you alluded to, he kept the bullpen fresh for the next two days, and covering six and two-thirds inning. Of course, it was good to get Ryan Ock back out there, a young man that only threw 12 and a third innings the year before, before he was shut down with an injury. So that surgery has proved to be successful, and he looked good out there as well, covering two and a thirds, you know, striking out four, and walked a couple. But both those guys are guys we're going to count on certainly this year. All right, Coach, and then Saturday, uh, your vet, uh, Walker Powell, comes out. Uh, he pitches, I thought, very well uh, as well. Only gave up six hit, no walk, seven innings shutout. Uh, Walker going to win a lot of ball games for you this year. Yeah, you know, Walker did what Walker does. And he comes out and threw strikes and, you know, induces contact for the most part. You know, he only had three strikeouts in seven innings, but he had a lot of weak ground balls. His ball was really moving well. Bob, so you could tell that by the action of, of the ball coming off the bat. If it's not solid, then certainly it's got some movement. It's kind of moving off the center point of that bat. So we saw a lot of just uh, dribblers that were hit back, even though he did scatter six hits. The thing I was proud of is in certain situations when he had to get out of it and damage control, he was able to do that, induced a couple of ground ball double plays to get him out of the innings. And then I believe it was in the sixth when they had first and second really threatening uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to get themselves back in the game. You know, at that point, we were up uh, only one to nothing. And so he uh, he was able to work himself out of that one as well. So I thought he really defined the word pitching on Saturday. Uh, of course, he gave way to, to Hunter Stanley. He's going to be a big part and piece of our puzzle that, uh, that we're going to uh, need this year. And, and Stanley threw well. He was down to one strike from us getting another uh, shutout, but uh, guy he made a really the best slider breaking ball that he thrown tonight. But, mm-hmm. but the guy he matched it up, found it, and left the yard, and ended up being a one-run ball game. But you know, I think the important thing is is both Saturday and Sunday, those runs that one run scored in each of those games in the eighth inning proved to be the winner uh, because uh, right, our state right. didn't go away. You know they hit no, several right. runs in both of those. But, you know, that home run Saturday produced the line of the weekend. I heard you Saturday night say that even a blind hog finds an acorn every now and then, and that's what you told Hunter Stanley. Well, I did. You know, I mean, it's just and, – and nothing against the young man that put the good swing on it. You know, not that he's a blind hog at all. But, you know, I thought just he made a great pitch. And it wasn't like it was just a hanging breaking ball. It was a mistake pitch. And, you know, you own it. He, he made a very, very good pitch. And that kid just, his bat found it and, and it left the yard. So, but we're, uh, you know, I was very pleased with our outing on, on both Walker and Stanley on, on Saturday. Now, Coach, you started a, a true freshman pitcher Sunday, and you, in fact, threw three kids that that was the first Division One baseball they had ever played. Uh, you know they didn't have the they didn't have the performance of your first two guys we've talked about, but but your view of the way these uh, really young kids uh, pitched yesterday? Well, we've been excited about these guys since the fall. In all honesty, uh, their pitchability, their mound presence, their poise—you know—they're not afraid to go out there and compete. You know, the thing with Chandler, you know, I'm not going to say he didn't have a little nervous energy. I'm sure he did. Uh, every one of us would uh, would have that in your first college game, let alone your first college start. But, 
you know, he had good stuff. He just didn't locate his fastball and, and give give a veteran team like, like Murray State is and a lot of right-handed hitters that went the other way off from him, worked arm side. He couldn't get the fastball in, and, you know, hopefully that will be a learning experience for him as we move forward and he moves forward into his next outing. You know, Matt Adams, I couldn't say enough about him, how he came in. Young man is just uh, – he throws strikes. He's got really great command, and we saw that on on Sunday as well. And then, of course, the other freshman you alluded to was Isaiah Rhodes, that ended up uh, getting the win and pitching three innings, only giving up one hit, and it was a solo home run there in the ninth inning as well. But you know, I thought that all three of those guys, freshmen, pitched fantastic. You know, in that game. We started in that starting lineup. We had five freshmen and two sophomores mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. So there was a, a an abundance of youth that took that field yeah, yesterday. No question, Coach. Coach, was that always the plan to go with all of the freshmen on Sunday? Or had you not won the first two games of the series, would would you have done something different on Sunday? Oh, no. I mean, that's that wasn't the plan. That's just, uh, you know, we had some injuries that happened over the weekend. Uh, with McGillis, who's only a sophomore. You know, it's not like you're getting another veteran in there. He's got one-year experience, but losing him and then Izio has been down, another right-handed hitter. Uh, that's a sophomore, new to the league, uh, a transfer from Pearl River Community College after his freshman year, but, you know, he still has college experience. So it's just the way it lined up, in all honesty. Uh, it's, and you're going to see probably quite a bit of it this year, and, and, and we're going to go through some growing pains and I've got to really learn to be patient in everything that we do when we make that line app out and working with these guys. So, uh, you know, it was fun to watch them compete yesterday and do what do what we teach them to do and, and, and watch them work. Very quickly, the prognosis on McGillis and Izio, will they continue to be down for a while, or what can you tell us at well, this I point? Well, they're working on him today. I haven't talked to the trainers, so I don't really have a feel of what's going on yet with him. But he's not far away. I just didn't want to really push it yesterday with the wet ground. You know, it's a long season. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So just trying to keep him healthy is going to be really key for us. All right, Coach, we're going to ask you to hold over, if you will. Uh, we've got a really short break. I want to talk to you about the offensive side of the ball. You had some uh, some young kids that uh, I thought uh, hit the ball Hit the ball pretty well. But, Coach, we may run out of time here just a moment here, but how long has it been since you've uh, coached a three-game series with no dingers? So, I'm telling you what, all I could think about was Coach Palmer yesterday at the house going, how in the world are they winning without hitting a home run? <laughs> it's been a long time, I won't lie to you, but, you know, we, uh, we're just going to have to figure out how to do it without it, I think. Not that we won't ever hit one. We'll right. hit some. Uh, but, you know, we relied on it so heavily over the years and been fortunate to have that personnel in place that could deliver that long ball. And it's just not there right now. Right. Uh, you know, soon with the years ahead, it will be. All right, Coach. Hang on. We'll be right back. Coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. 
This segment of the Eagle Hour is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. If you're listening around the state of Mississippi, not in South Mississippi this afternoon, you can go to CampusBookmart.net. They'll deliver the uh, stuff right to your house. Was there Saturday? A big, big selection, Kelly Sander, of baseball stuff. No surprise there, right? And uh, they were telling us it had been a hubbub of activity all weekend because of baseball. Well, and because the parade, you know, the Mardi Gras parade was right. in town. I was at the parade, and the, the policeman came over and said, can I see your permit? I said, for what? He said, the parade. And I said, you need a permit to go to the parade? He said, I thought you were in the parade. You thought oh. you were a float? He, that what, he thought you were a small float. You can't there park that here. Really? That's okay. right. All right, we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry, his team uh, fresh off. That opening uh, weekend sweep of a, I thought, a pretty tough Murray State team, pretty determined uh, baseball team. And, Coach, we talked a lot about pitching. Uh, we'll get back to hitting a little bit. Uh, kind of odd not to watch the Golden Eagles bashing balls out of the ballpark. But I'll tell you what, Charlie Fisher, uh, he put on quite a show this weekend, Coach. I think he's going to be a force for you at the plate. Well, I do, too. i tell you what, he really kind of carried us and uh, couldn't be more proud of a young man. Last year, I think, only had 11 at-bats as a freshman, but went off this summer and got some college summer league experience and got some time and some reps and came back, had a really good fall camp for us. He's got as much power, guys, as anybody that we've ever had. Uh, I mean, he hits balls that just stay in the air that don't come down. We just got to get the angle figured out to where – Instead of going so high, they go they go the other distance far. So, but he has he's got a real uh, real presence at the plate. He handles the ball to all fields, as we saw yesterday. Had a couple of backside doubles that were crucial in, in the win, and you know, real proud of him. Coach, I had someone tell me that Charlie Fisher has quote unquote Matt Walner power. What would you say I, about that? I think he's got more power. Than really? Walner. You know, now being able to get it to play in a game is another thing, but. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, his ball really comes off the bat. Uh, when I say firm, I mean firm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really does. So we just got to keep getting him reps and, and getting that swing, you know, consistent through the zone uh, with some backspin and, and creating those balls that we always saw Matt hit. I have a suggestion. We need to change Walker Powell's name to Striker Powell. Striker yeah, Powell. Instead of go. Walker Powell. Yeah, we don't we don't want him to walk anybody. We That's exactly right. Yeah, That's Striker right. Powell like instead of Walker Powell. Coach, looking at the league, uh, Conference USA this weekend, you know, outside people looking in say, you know, the football teams have kind of floundered. The basketball teams aren't necessarily real strong top to bottom. But when you look at this conference, there's 301 teams in Division One baseball. Seven of them this weekend, seven Conference USA teams swept this weekend that's that's a pretty good start for for a league that uh, usually gets maligned but but baseball uh and and if there are if if there is a sport where conference usa gets significant consideration when it comes to postseason play it's baseball yeah i agree i agree and we had one team that did get swept and that was marshall at florida so always a tough place to go in there and play the gators and you know honestly there was the first game they gave them pretty good pretty good game and, and scored a lot of runs yesterday so you know i think once again we've got a league that's got a lot of parity in it you know as, as the season goes along we'll see how everything unfolds and it'll take different turns and twists as we always see it but uh, as a whole you know we uh i feel like our league is, is very competitive and in a sound league do you do you think going forward coach early in the year i made the observation uh last week that that what i expect to see early in the year is that pitchers 
will have marked advantages on hitters, and that they usually do, you know, this time of year. But as things warm up, then the hitters kind of catch up to the pitching. Is that is that what you expect to see? What's been your observation so far? What do you expect? Think, you know, I think you're probably right, Kelly. You see that year in, year out. And, and, and maybe not as much in the South because we are – uh, a little able to get outside more than the northern and midwest teams do. You know, they're kind of quarantined indoors and hitting a lot, not seeing a lot of live pitching. But, you know, I think as you as, as the season gets going, hitters get uh, a little more comfortable off from live pitching. Obviously, live pitching arms start to wear down, particularly there at the end of the year. So, uh, you know, you're probably going to see a little low, lower scoring games at the beginning here, and, and they'll probably increase as we move to the and, and you guys have already noted that, and, and, and this was not a surprise, you know, going into the season, you didn't expect to have the long ball thump that you've had overall in the past. But, uh, but that, that's kind of on the coaching staff then, right? You guys have to kind of change the way that you a- approach things, knowing that you don't necessarily have those big clubbers. Oh, 100%. You know, I think, uh, you know, if you're not able to adapt and adjust as a coach, then you're going to get a rude awakening. I mean, you've got to figure your team out. That started back in the fall. Uh, you know, there's not ever, there's no year where ever, the, the same year reappears. I mean, so, you know, you've got to look at your personnel, what they do well and what they don't, and adjust everything to your game plan to that. All right, Coach, before we let you go, I want to talk just a moment to you about your, your fan support. Obviously, opening day is always going to draw a big crowd. Saturday was a really big crowd, really great, great atmosphere. And I was happy about all that, but I got to tell you, Coach, the fans that impressed me the most were all of those fans that sit out in that cold, drizzly weather yesterday under tarps and uh, with raincoats on. And they were there for the entire game, Coach, pulling the Golden Eagles through. You you must be really gratified when you see that kind of loyalty to your program. 100%. You know, Dr. Joe Paul was sitting behind me down on the end of the dugout where I stand, and I turned around and looked at him, and I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he said, I'm just watching the Eagles play, and I was like, oh, man, if I, I would be gone if I was you. It's cold and rainy out here, but you're exactly right. I mean, we have some tremendous fans that – that stood, you know, stood that thing out yesterday because it didn't it didn't clear up it didn't get any better but uh, and we are appreciative as a program our team our staff and and those that stay around and support and we saw that that was evident yesterday. Some of these new kids that come on your program like uh, uh, Tribble or Fisher Norse uh, Dickerson some of these kids that are coming straight out of high school they got to be a little taken back when they play in front of crowds like they did this weekend coach right. I think so. You know, of course, Dick, he, he just he grew up up the road, West Jones, so he's got a good feel of Southern Miss and what it's about and the atmosphere. But, you know, Charlie Fisher, you know, when the Twins are doing good, I think he, he, he sees crowds at the games. But when they're not, then he really doesn't know anything about it. But when he came here, his eyes were open, as was Matt Walters and Ryan Ox, uh, and how much baseball was appreciated and loved in the South. All right. Well, Coach, we sure are happy to have the thing underway. And uh, UNO tomorrow night and then another homestand. And uh, we're going to look forward to talking to you each and every Monday. Well, I look forward to it. Thank you. All right. Coach Scott Berry, everybody. And, Kelly, it's, uh, you know, baseball in the South is just special. And I heard you guys talking about it last week. And I thought about that uh, Friday afternoon. There is something really magic about I heard you an owl holder about opening day in baseball. I, I think no matter how old or grumpy you get to be, and I consider myself one of those guys every once in a while, there's always that little piece of little boy that is still in us. And there's something about 
mm-hmm. opening day of baseball. I don't know if it's, you know, the, with springtime and, and nature coming back to life, if you still, even though you're old, you kind of still feel young again. Right. And, and you remember those days that you played Little League and wherever you played and up in, right. in Maryland or Virginia. And I, you know, playing in, in Iowa where you, you made sure your, your cleats were all cleaned and ready to go and that your uniform was all set. And you had it all laid out on the bed. You were ready mm-hmm. for opening day. And if your team picture was at 11, you got there at 10 just so you could see everybody right. else showing up. It's just, it's it's unique. It's funny you say that about the cleats of the uniform. My cleats and my uniform were generally just as clean at the end of the game as the start of the game. Well, you don't get very dirty on the bench. Well, <laughs> no, that's, but but what you should do, Bob, and trust me, I I know I uh-huh. share your plight. Right. I would go always go out to get dirty just so that I could say Correct. You know, right. that I got into the game. Uh, tell us about these Massey ratings in baseball before we run out of time. Here. All right, in, in the first Massey rating production, of the college baseball season this year, Louisiana Tech comes in as the number one team in Conference USA. The Bulldogs ranked 18th out of 301 teams. Pretty good. According to the Massey ratings, they're up 39 spots from where they were last week. Of course, Louisiana Tech was one of those teams that swept this weekend. Then come the Eagles, 28th in the country out of 301. The Eagles are up six spots. FAU up 17 spots after a sweep this weekend. Florida Atlantic ranked 41st out of 301. Then comes Texas San Antonio. The Roadrunners are up 31 spots from where they were uh, when the season opened. Then comes Old Dominion. Up 15 spots. I think the Monarchs are a team to watch this year in Conference USA Baseball. ODU ranked 62nd out of 301. Florida International at 68. And then Western Kentucky. Florida International, by the way, was the biggest mover. Up 76 spots this weekend after they got a sweep. And the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky at 121st. They're up 44 spots. The biggest loser this week in Conference USA were the Rice Owls. They dropped 74 places from 98th all the way down to 172. They dropped 74 spots. And as Coach Barry talked about, Marshall was ranked uh, they're ranked 199 this week but dropped 42 spots after being swept by Florida. And again, UTEP does not have a baseball team. So right now, according to the Masseys, La Tech, number one in Conference USA, followed closely by our Eagles. And we're just getting started. UNO is up next. We're going to talk to their play-by-play voice, see what's in store for the Golden Eagles tomorrow night when we come back. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 lunch, where the menu changes all the time. Of course, a lot of the people that are there are ready for a good game of pool. Big Southern Miss fans, your place to pregame, whether you're a college student or an alum. 4th Street Bar and Grill, prior to basketball, baseball, whenever they're there, ready to serve you with some of the best meals in town and fellowship unparalleled. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud to to be a supporter here on the Eagle Hour. And joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline, the voice of the UNO privateers, Emmanuel Pepys, who will come to town tomorrow night because don't have to worry about the rain so much anymore, even though the forecast isn't great. And uh, he tells us about uh, the privateers and what to expect with the privateer-eagle matchup. Emmanuel, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Tell us about uh, the Privateer start this weekend and what you saw and uh, where you think the team goes from here. Yeah, it was a little bit of a tough weekend. Uh, we had the Andre Dawson Classic here. Um, so we played Southern, Grambling, and Prairie View. Got off, to a, got off to a bit of a slow start. Our starting pitching, I could certainly say, did very well between uh, Chris Turpin on Friday night, Bailey Holstein on Saturday, and then Brandon Mitchell on Sunday. Between them, 16 innings, two earned runs, and they set a great table. Uh, the Southern game, of course, Southern was defending SWAC uh, champions. They were an NCAA tournament participant last year. We were leading them 3-1 to one going into the seventh, and uh, one of the big questions that was coming into this season is where everybody would fall as far as pitching roles. And uh, once it got to the bullpen, a uh, couple of 0-2 base hits that Southern got, they set the table, a bunt single, and then kind of the wheel fell off from there. Southern put up six runs in that inning. And they wound up beating us. And then the next night against Grambling, um, it was a matchup of where they threw their best starter in Brian Delgado, and he he just had excellent stuff. And he struck out 11 over seven and two-thirds innings. So really, offensively, it was a little bit of a struggle. And that was kind of a surprise because we brought so many bats back from last year. And this was a team that started to hit a lot more consistently toward the end of last season. So going to make some adjustments, I think, at the plate. But overall, I think the starting pitching did pretty well. And that was certainly an encouraging sign, especially with only five returning pitchers from last year's team. But see, that's what you, you were, we were just talked with Southern Miss coach Scott Berry, and he said that that's what he anticipates, is that pitchers early in the year will have the advantage on the hitters. As temperatures warm up, you know, the bats do too. The guys get more settled in. So I would expect maybe that uh, you hope that for you guys it, it doesn't continue. But this, this UNO Southern Miss series has always been hotly contested. It certainly has, and there have been, like you said, some great games. Of course, I remember, I remember the game last year where we kind of had to cobble everything together, and I think about six or seven different pitchers uh, threw in that game, and it wound up being a two-to-one game. It was just well-pitched on both sides. And, uh, yeah, definitely to your point and, and to Coach, Bear, uh, Coach Barry's point as well, uh, I, I think another layer to that is, you know, guys are facing uh, facing each other so much in inner squad, so they're used to facing the, the guys that are going to be in their dugout, of course, on, on a game-in, game-out basis. So getting used to different competition and how they play, obviously, is going to be adjustment and, and more of an adjustment for the hitters early on in the season. But this has definitely been a, a great series with, uh, with a lot of great games and great moments over the years. And when you look at the Southland Conference that the privateers play in, you know, you've had some, uh, some regional participating teams the last couple of years. Northwestern State a couple of years ago. Sam Houston is always... Uh, or is it Stephen F. Austin? One of them is always really, really... Sam Houston. It is Sam Houston, I thought so. Yeah, in baseball. So the Southland, if, if there is a bell cow sport in the Southland, I think it's baseball, don't you? 
I certainly believe so. And, and you, there are a couple of other programs. Southeastern has always been uh, uh, consistent under um, uh, for the past several years. Uh, McNeese actually was um, was a tournament participant as well. So there have been some other teams that have kind of you know jumped up and competed in, in different years. But I think certainly uh, when you look at it from a year to be, uh, year basis, Sam Houston State they're the preseason favorite again, and they are that way for a reason. They're just well built every year. Southeastern. Uh, is currently is usually in that same mold as well. So those are the couple of teams that you expect uh, to be at the top, and that everybody has to chase down from year to year. But there are certainly uh, some other teams. It's a very competitive league uh, uh, from from a year in year out basis, and there are other teams that have really kind of you know built their programs up pretty nicely as well. So certainly. Um, very competitive uh, Southland Conference overall. And I'm glad that you mentioned Southeastern Louisiana because their coach, the Lions, are coached by Picayune, Mississippi native Matt Reiser. And he's a, mm-hmm. he's a riser among the coaching ranks. So we're looking forward to you guys uh, coming in tomorrow night. Emmanuel Peppers, thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour. And um, continued success not only behind the mic, but we hope the privateers win every game they play except, you know, appreciate that guys thank you very much and it was, it was a pleasure to be on and you know it, it'll be great to, to be over in Hattiesburg tomorrow thanks so much Emmanuel Peppers the radio voice of the privateers of UNO Bob always get always good to get a perspective of the other team from somebody who gets to see they're them always play. competitive too they split with Southern Miss last year yeah it's, it's, it's regardless of the records those series are always pretty good well, a lot of good baseball in the south we we all know that all right Kelly some good basketball this weekend the men played a really exciting game I saw a lot of guys that uh, came over from basketball to baseball they were buzzing about the how exciting the game was, but the, the men knock off Florida International 75-67. The women on the road win 58-53 against FIU, and they're both now two, two games in a row. Yeah, it was a little scary there in the men's basketball game because um, the, you know, FIU or – that was playing, you know, coming down the stretch, making some three-point shots down the mm-hmm. stretch, got within like three right. in the last minute, and you're going, right. oh, gosh, don't – come on, right. guys. You've been able to to battle through this, hang on to it, and, and they did, you know, hit some free throws down the stretch, and it was am a big I, win. Am I right, though, when you have a team in transition like this, very young, inexperienced team, every win is huge. And you win two conference games, you know, on, on the road. Well, these were at home, but I'm just saying uh, confidence builders. Now you're the number one seed – in that third pod for this, you know, wild way that they do it. And we're going to get more information on that tomorrow from the conference as to, as to how they determine all that. But if you go back to the preseason, Bob, Southern Miss was projected to finish dead last. You remember just about, right. just about every prognosticator had the Eagles finishing dead last. We understood why, you know, with the players that were coming back and new coaching staff coming in. But now the Eagles are toward the lower mid part right. of the standings. And, and we all kind of thought that if Jay and his staff could pull off double-digit wins – 10 mm-hmm. wins, that it would be a very satisfying season. Now, and, jo- Joy, and it, Lee, Joy Lee comes on the show Monday, and they hadn't lost a game since. They've won two in a row. Well, we, I mean, she's going to want to come on the show more often. She may want to come on yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. But the guys were, are one game away from winning that, uh, you know, from getting that double-digit you know, total that we yeah, were talking about. Good for them. And they're going to be playing teams. That, they're going to play Middle Tennessee twice. They're going to play UTEP once. And... Who's the other? Rice. Yeah, They're well, play here's Rice. the schedule this Saturday, actually, at, two, at 12 o'clock. Uh, Middle Tennessee will be here uh, in Hattiesburg. So there's a game Saturday at 12 noon uh, against Middle Tennessee. Then Sunday, March 1st, at UTEP at 3 p.m. 
back Wednesday, March the 4th at Rice. will be in Hattiesburg on Wednesday, March the 4th. And then on Saturday, March the 7th at Middle Tennessee. Yeah, and Middle Tennessee right now is, according to the latest Massey ratings, Middle Tennessee is 238th. Excuse me, 313th. 313th out of 353 teams. So there's two two games against Middle Tennessee, and we've got some business to tend to with the Blue Raiders because they beat us up there. So Southern Miss, but there's two games they could win. They can beat Rice. They could win another four games and, and maybe possibly win 13. You know, Jack and, Duggan's coming up, and he may know the answer to this. How many of these games would they have to win to get in the tournament? Do you know? Into which tournament? Into the Conference USA tournament. Well, I, th- I think I think they're – pretty much there now you think so? I, I think so yeah okay so but but i mean if they can they've got these four left in the regular season against teams that are obviously in the lower third of the league so that number of 10 that we kind of came up with arbitrarily mm-hmm. before the season started the fact that they could win 12 or 13 you right. know is is amazing and they're kind of they're kind of doing this patchwork you know once they get some players in here the type of players that fit the style that Jay wants to coach mm-hmm. I don't think Southern Miss is just going to win the league I think they're going to clobber people Well we have no idea how they come up with this schedule at the end of the year Russ Anderson or a representative of Conference USA is scheduled to be on the show Wednesday to try and explain all this do you have any idea Kelly Sander how they determine who you play and I just know that they take the, the standings, okay, and then the top third play each other, the middle third, and then the bottom third play each other, and then they seed them. So the Eagles are the number one seed in the last pod. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, I'm guessing, and of course we'll get the – but just based on the way it's scheduled, that the number one seed would get a home and away against the four seed and then split a home and away with the two and the three, which would be UTEP and Rice. All That's right. my guess. But. Right. So next up, 12 o'clock this Saturday, you can go watch Middle Tennessee and Southern Miss at Reed Green Coliseum. Softball was out of town over the weekend uh, and not a very good weekend. Uh, they lost two games. Uh, they were beaten by Southeast Missouri State 7 to nothing. Purdue then beat the Lady Eagles 7 to 5. They were scheduled to play Eastern Illinois and Troy yesterday. They were in Troy for a weekend tournament, but the weather was bad there. And uh, those all the games are canceled. They apparently don't have that new slick surface that the Golden Eagles have, right? That, that, I'm sure that's next on the drawing board. But on the basketball scheduling, too, it's a little disconcerting that they only have one game a week for the next two weeks. Right. You know, because it's tough to stay in a groove when you're only playing one game a week. Right. When we come back, it was a big weekend in baseball for a lot of brand-new faces, freshmen that this time last year were playing high school baseball. We're going to find out how they did statistically and overall how they performed from Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss. He's on the show next. Southern Miss to the top. Toyota of Hattiesburg sponsors our final segment of the Eagle Hour. It's tax time, and that's when people uh, 
a lot of people get refunds and want to put them toward uh, yeah. cars. Yeah. I have to go buy I Toyota. I was one of those people. Me too. Right. But I do go buy Toyota of Hattiesburg just to say hi every once in a while because... They go, what are you doing here? I said, just saying hi. What's they, that number, Kelly? It's five four four nine six three zero. That's pretty good. But I have to just drop by. They say, is there anything wrong with your car? I said, no, it's a Toyota. But Toyotas I'm, don't break down, brother. They, they, they they don't. The mechanic's got to be the loneliest guy in the building. <laughs> that, if you're a Toyota mechanic, what do you do every day? Five four. It's, it's a great job to have, there right? Five four four nine six three zero on Highway ninety eight in Hattiesburg, not far from our studios here. In West Hattiesburg. All right. We've got uh, the man that has every stat ever known to man about Southern Miss baseball with us now, Jack Duggan. Jack, how are you, buddy? Good, guys. How are y'all? Well, we're good. It's baseball season, Jack. It is three in the books. Three in the books. All right. I got to get right to it, Jack. I've never, in, in the 12 years that I've covered Southern Miss baseball and followed it very closely, I've never seen such a young team. Now, I know Fisher Norris, Reed Trimble, and Dustin Dickerson all started Friday night, but someone told me there were at one point five freshmen on the field yesterday afternoon. How did those freshmen do their first weekend, Jack? Well, I think pretty good. You know, actually, I went back and looked to see when's the last time we started three three freshmen. Uh, <laughs> I, I went back at least the last ten years to see when the last time we started three freshmen in the game, and Friday, it looks like it was the first time that we did it during that stretch. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they did well. I mean, I mean, they're going to need time to mature and, and season. And and but I thought, I thought as a whole, I thought all three got some some really good uh, at bats. Um, you know, I think I think Fisher Norris is, is who, who was a hitting machine in high school. Uh, I think he's going to he's going to show that. I know. Uh, there was a lot of competition uh, to win that center fielder job, and, and, and Reed did that. So I know they're very excited about him um, as we uh, as we get as we move forward and uh, uh, in this 2020 season. And then, of course, uh, Dustin Dickerson, who comes with a you know a tremendous pedigree, and you know what a great defensive. Uh, uh, weekend he had, and uh, you know he's going to come around with the bat a little bit more. I just think they just need to um, to, to get some more at bats. You know they say they say the, the game's got to slow down for you, and uh, and I think it will for these guys. You know it's it's it was a good test for them, and I think they all they all uh, held held out very well uh, in, in what they did. So uh, you know it's 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 going to be interesting. It's 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 going to take a little while. It is a very young team, and and I and it, you know, as I, as I was updating uh, our game notes uh, last night, I was like, "Oh wow, this guy didn't play last year. Oh, this guy didn't play last right. year. Oh yeah, no. so yeah. so uh, so it, it's made it's made for uh, it's made for some uh, so, uh, some interesting uh, stats. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to, to to watch and mature. Watch these guys mature. You know, you look back and. You know what's the last what's the last class you remember that probably came in with as much fanfare uh, as this one? I think if you go back to maybe 2012 when when Connor Barron, Mason Robbins, you know those guys came in. Bradley Roney uh, in that 2012 class, which I think was a top ten uh, recruiting class uh, for us that year. It might have been the highest recruiting class we ever had, uh, according to you know some of the national publications. So. Uh, you know, it's good. It, it's 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 uh, it's 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 going to be. It really is. It's going to be fun to watch them 
grow up. I don't think you're going to see as much disparity now from freshman to senior year because I think, if you guys will allow me to be so bold, the freshmen that come in now, not just at Southern Miss, but at schools across the country, they are much more exposed to national talent now with all these perfect game and baseball America and baseball factory under armor. The list goes on and on. So these guys are playing nationally tested talent from the time they're 14 years old. I think you're kind of seeing it in the NFL too, where guys are stepping right from college into starting roles in the NFL. Yeah, it's quicker, but because they've been exposed to better talent younger, I don't think that it'll take as long. Is that a reasonable argument, Jack? I think so. I, I mean, you know, you look, you look at all these uh, these all American games they have every summer, and you know they're playing them in major league ballparks, and that that can only help in the the maturation process of these young men that yeah. that, that that you know they get used to it. They they they're used to playing in front of crowds that, that maybe they weren't. Uh, weren't so much you know growing up so so it's fun it it it's uh you know you know I talked about those three guys but you know what you know what about Matthew Adams who, who pitched real well this weekend Isaiah Rhodes you know those are guys you know Adams Adams played uh on on I believe it was the 2014 Little League World Series team out of uh, Pearland Texas so those guys you know they they've they've seen they've seen this and and you know it's just it's just adjusting to uh, a game that that's probably just a little different speed but probably not as much as it probably was as you were saying Kelly ten years ago with all these with all these uh, uh, showcases and, and and the like. All right, Jack, we're gonna get you back later this week on a longer segment if that's good. But uh, okay. we, we appreciate you updating us on the freshman and uh, look forward to talking to you real soon. All right, guys, y'all be good. All right, Jack Duggan, everybody, sports information director at the University of Southern Mississippi. Kelly and I'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. A lot of great guests all week long, right, Santa? Yeah, Luke is uh, Luke is on mission trip the next right. couple of weeks, so uh, we wish him the best as he goes overseas. Yep, and hope maybe we'll hear from him while he's over. Hope so. Back tomorrow at one. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.